It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. The Reds don't have a new manager yet, but here we are. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com, coming up in just a second on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Reds. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. It is great to be with you today. And our next guest hasn't been on in a while. Had to get him on. I miss talking to him. He is Chad Dotson of RedLegNation.com. Also contributes to Cincinnati Magazine. You can follow him on Twitter at DotsonC. And uh, Chad, I appreciate the time as always. Let's start with this Reds team. This Reds season, they lost one more game than they had won um, in the previous couple of years, finishing 67 and 95, I think the fan base is a little apathetic. How are you feeling about this team going into the offseason? Well, first of all, I'm glad it's over. Um, that <laughs> was a, it was a b- brutal campaign. Uh, and, and, you know, I'll tell you the way I'm feeling, and this is a, I don't even really like using these words, uh, frankly, because I'm as hardcore Red fan as you're ever going to find uh, and have been for years, but. This is as apathetic about the Reds as I've ever been in my life. And and judging by the fact that the attendance numbers at Great American Ballpark are the lowest Reds attendance number since 84, 1984, uh, I'd say I'm not the only uh, apathetic Reds fan out there. It's really a sad time to be a fan of this club. Yeah, it is. It's sad, and it's – really, I, I never thought – and there were plenty of years. I mean, I'm 27, and there's been plenty of bad seasons. But even in the mid-2000s, I felt like the fans were paying attention to the team. And now I just think there are plenty of fans that are just, you know, casual Reds fans. They're like, eh, it's okay. The Reds are on, but I'm going to do something else. You have more options now in 2018 than ever. You don't have to watch the Reds. You don't have to listen to the Reds. You don't have to go to the ballpark. And I think that's all playing a factor in fan apathy along with them, well, being bad at baseball. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's, there's plenty to do, and you think about it in terms of the Reds fan base. 
And there are, there are guys, in the, you, you know, you told us your age, but there are guys in their mid-30s who don't remember uh, the re- 1990 World Series championship. So, you know, we've we got a couple of generations here for which they've experienced, you know, 17 of the last 22 years have been losing seasons for the Reds. Uh, they have not won a uh, playoff series in uh, 23 years. And so you've got these generations of Reds fans that are of, of what would, would be Reds fans in years past, sports fans, potential sports fans, who've grown up, and the Reds have been have not been worth watching. And so everyone says winning will cure everything, and to some extent it will cure some things. The attendance will come back somewhat, but I don't know. I think the Reds, over the last 22 years of, uh, of just awful baseball, have squandered a lot of the goodwill in this community, and I'm just not so sure that uh, it's going to come back like everyone thinks it's going to. Yeah, Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com is with us. You can follow him on Twitter, at DotsonC. I'm with you. And so that that's the next question. They're 67 and 95. What do they do this offseason um, from a player standpoint? I want to talk to you about whoever their next manager is going to be. But from a player standpoint, what do they need to do to start getting some of that faith back and start earning it back when, when it comes to the fans? Well, it's all pitching, pitching, pitching. That's what they need to do. And uh, in order to really start to get some of the enthusiasm back, they have to – Make a, a what I would call a uh, a really public demonstration that they're going all in. I think of what the uh, Brewers did last winter. Um, you know, two years ago the Brewers and Reds were fighting for last place in the Central. Last winter the Brewers went way overboard. They signed uh, Lorenzo Cain to a five-year free agent contract. They traded a big chunk of their farm system for Christian Yelich. They just said, listen. Listen, we're going for it, and that's what the Reds need to do this offseason. Whether it means going out and getting uh, Dallas Keuchel or Patrick Corbin or trading for a pitcher uh, that's that's out there, I'm not sure who you know who's, who we're talking about even. But I'm talking about legit uh, top of the rotation type pitchers. They've got to show us that they're willing to compete with every team in the majors for the best talent out there. Otherwise. Why should we expect things to be any different than they've been for 17 of the last 22 years? I'm with you, and I think that they should. They need to go after two guys. So if you sign oh, yeah. Dallas Keuchel, trade for the guy that you had in your on your board to trade for too. Like I'm fine with giving up assets now. You have to acquire starting pitching. The hitting part, they seem to have figured it out, and in the guys that they might have to give up, fine, make up for it later. This starting pitching has just been dreadful, and, and I, I like some of the guys in the rotation, but th- this idea that Luis Castillo can be the guy, maybe he can be, and maybe he is next season, but why not if you had a Dallas Keiko and you traded for another guy who could compete to be the ace? If Luis Castillo ends up being as good as you think he, da- he is, then now all of a sudden you have a it turned a weakness into a strength very quickly. So I think acquiring two starting pitchers is, and not just two starting pitchers, but two higher-end starting pitchers, almost has to happen if anyone's going to think that this team can be uh, much improved next season. Oh, I think that's. I agree. I think it's the bare minimum that they have to do to show us that they're serious about competing uh, in 2019 and beyond. And, and you know, and you're right about Castillo. I like Castillo, and I like Anthony DiSclafani when he's healthy. And I think Tyler Malley is going to be a great pitcher. And you know, the rest of these guys could be number five starters that are all out there. But with a guy like Castillo, uh, I'm afraid if the Reds do like they've done in years past, they're going to come in hoping he is the he can be a number one or number two guy. Mm-hmm. Well, hope is not a strategy. Let's go in thinking he's probably a number three guy. If he does better than that, wonderful. We're going to be even better than expected. But we got to get guys to fill the number one and number two spots in the rotation. And uh, I don't care how you, you manage that. Two free agent signings, one free agent, one trade, two trades. I don't care. 
but you need to be active both in the trade market and in the free agent market to really fill these holes. These are huge holes, but, but once they're filled, I really think that this team has a chance of being a competitive team as early as next year. Even as apathetic as I am, I still have that little bit of optimism I don't want to let go of. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think that it's doable. I just don't know if I trust the, the people that are, are making and calling the shots and the decisions to do that. Uh, you mentioned free agent pitchers. One name that, that has been tossed around, and I, I think the Reds, if they had it their way, they would keep him, Matt Harvey. Do you consider him to be one of those two guys, if we're talking about acquiring two starting pitchers, it, does he count? Because I'll be honest with you, Chad, he does not count for me. And even if they bring him on, I'm not counting on him being a one, two, or even three on a good team. Absolutely not. He's not in the two pitchers that, I'm, that you and I are talking about. You know, I don't have a problem if they want to bring Matt Harvey back. I mean, you know, he was a roughly right at a league average pitcher this year. Um, but he's going to be 30, and he's had uh, elbow surgery and shoulder surgery on his pitching arm. If you bring him back, let's count on him to be the number five guy. You know, yeah. uh, I, I don't have a problem with him in the back end of the rotation. Exactly. He can eat some innings and, and, and hopefully be roughly a league average pitcher, and there's value in that. But, no, if they try to spin, uh, we signed a former all-star Matt Harvey as one of our two big uh, free agent signings. Get out of town. I'm going to go watch FC Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com's soon-to-be FCNation.com, joining us here <laughs> yeah. on the Locked on Reds podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at DotsonC. I'm with you, though. I think, and and you and I, we usually agree with this stuff, but, but I think they're going to have to somehow, whether it's trading Nick Senzel and he – had bone spurs, and, and I want to ask you about that. But whether it's giving up an asset like Nick Senzel, whether it's moving a Hunter Green, whether it's trading Scooter Jeanette, who I honestly think they're going to re-sign, and, and that stinks that he didn't have more of a, a trade market because I just don't think that there was much of a market for him. Um, right. so, so Scooter Jeanette's going to stay around, which is fine. He's a good player, but I, I was hoping that he could be part of, of netting that ace in return, and I don't think he can be. But to me, the Reds got to be open to saying goodbye to players that have been significant contributors and are still playing at a high level. I think this is this is where they got the entire rebuild wrong. They traded from Johnny Cueto to whoever when their value was at their lowest or on the downturn. And they're going to have to trade some of these guys and get peak value for them if they want to turn it around. Yeah, you know, I mean, the Reds have made some uh, really effective trades sure. over the last few years, you know, getting uh, Eugenio Suarez. Um, for, in exchange for the bloated corpse of Alfredo Simon, you know, and the Discofani trade, the Luis Castillo trade for Dan Straley, picking up Scooter Jeanette off of waivers. I mean, they've made some really good deals, but you're right. They've also held on to guys too long or traded them at the wrong time and they're, uh, you know, when they, when their value was the highest. And, uh, I'm afraid that's what happened with Scooter, although I, a couple things. Uh, number one, I don't mind Scooter being around. He's a good hitter. Um, and uh, also, I really, I'm, I'm like you, I don't believe there was a whole lot of a market for him. So I can really understand the Reds not trading him. But in terms of who they can, should be able to trade this offseason, the number of people, if I'm going to write down a list of Reds players who are untouchable, who I would not trade, there would not be a single name on that list. I'd be willing to trade everyone. That includes Nick Senzel. That includes, uh, you know, Hunter Green probably can't get traded now because of the injury. Uh, and I don't want to suggest anything about Hunter Green because I got in trouble last offseason suggesting <laughs> they trade Hunter before he got hurt. But um, I, I would trade anyone and everyone in the right package. I'm not giving anybody away, but in the right package for a 
for a, a deal that could improve the team in 2019 and beyond, absolutely. And that includes uh, a guy like Sinzel, who is uh, by far the best prospect on this, in this organization. Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com is with us. Obviously, the Reds have interviewed um, a bunch of candidates to be their next manager, which I'm totally on board with. Uh, I know some fans are like, oh, why haven't you hired someone yet? Take your time. Interview as many people as you want to. Uh, Odds are, though, I think most of these candidates aren't true candidates. Of the names you've seen, does anyone interest you the most? Does anyone catch your eye? There are a few that catch my eye and a few that make me want to hold my nose and turn away. I hear you. Um, I think you're right. (laughs) Some are being interviewed out of uh, courtesy, I think, more than actually being candidates. But I love the fact, first of all, that the Reds are doing what they said they'd do, a big uh, search, uh, you know, of bringing in names from outside the organization and doing a multi-level search for a a manager. They're undergoing the process I wanted them to go through. Now, in terms of which names stand out to me, um, it's hard for me to know – who to really uh, pull for because I'm not in uh, on those interviews. And, and strangely, the Reds haven't offered me an interview either. They need so, to. Uh, I like a guy like David Bell. And, and the reason I like a guy like David Bell is uh, he has managerial experience in the Reds organization. Mm-hmm. But over the last five years since leaving the Reds organization, he has uh, there been some really uh, public quotes of his about what he's been learning in terms of the analytical revolution and how you have to communicate that to the players and translate it to the field. He learned with the Cubs who do it. He learned with the Cardinals who do that very well. Um, and uh, and he's also sort of a youngish guy, mid-40s. And, and if you look at the four managers that are still standing in the playoffs, they're all mid-40s, former players who are open to – using analytics on the field. So that's why I hope it's not sort of a retread like Riggleman, an old-school guy. Let's get a younger guy that can communicate with the players and is open to accepting what research has shown us is, uh, uh, helps make an effective baseball team on the field. So a guy like uh, David Bell is an, uh, the type of guy I would like to see. Not necessarily him. There may be a better candidate in the group they've interviewed. But that type of guy really stands out to me, and I like the fact they're interviewing a bunch of guys like that. Joe Girardi is a big name. I know he's interviewing for the Rangers job. He certainly uh, is a big name for a reason. Obviously, what he did in New York, he won a World Series. Your thoughts on the possibility of bringing in Joe? Again, it's hard to say because I'm not in those interviews, um, and he may uh, have changed his philosophy a little bit since he was with the Yankees. You know, he was a... uh, he won a World Series. Uh, you can't discount that with New York. But if you notice, New York moved on, and, and who they moved on with was a mid-40s age former player, Aaron Boone. Uh, and so it makes me wonder whether he's a little bit too old school. And, and I, I'd be interested to know what questions the Reds uh, asked him in that interview. Uh, he is a former player, <clears throat> player, and he has had success as a manager. And so um, – you know, I, I'm not opposed to Joe Girardi. I just don't know enough about whether he's open to doing what the, the front office needs him to do in terms of uh, implementing the, the research on the field. Chad Dodson is with us, RedLegNation.com. You can also get his work in Cincinnati Magazine and follow him on Twitter, at DotsonC. Chad, here's how I view this managerial search. is I get, and there are plenty of people, Mo Egger, I work with him, and he says, well, the manager doesn't matter right now when the roster is the way it is, and I totally understand that. Um, I also think that they need to find their Dusty Baker, and what I mean by that, I don't mean old school, but when the Reds hired Dusty, they were still a couple of years away. 
whoever they hire now can't be their Brian Price where he's a placeholder. And it, it felt like Price was the placeholder for many, many years. It never felt like he was going to be the guy that led them back to the playoffs. Whoever they hire needs to be that guy. And it might not be in 2019. Heck, it might not be in 2020. I don't know when it's going to be. But whoever right. they decide to hire should be the manager that is is leading them the next time they're in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I think you have to be making the selection with that being the, the expectation that this guy that's going to be able to lead them through some of the growing pains, perhaps, however long that lasts, and then into a period of contention. I look at a guy like Milwaukee's uh, Craig Council, you know, former player. Um, uh, who uh, helped led them through, you know, a couple of uh, down years as they were getting back to it, and now he's uh, he, he's able to communicate with the players, but he also commands respect, uh, not just in the clubhouse, but uh, with with the front office. And so, um, yeah, I think you, I think you're looking for a guy that you can see uh, get, holding up that trophy after the National League Championship Series. But I think having a guy that can just really is open to uh, the, the research, but also a really good communicator with the players and. and and so that's a Dusty Baker type on that on that end in terms of communicating with the players. Um, but you need someone that's not stuck in, in, in their old ways. And I hope that's what the Reds are targeting with this search. Chad Dodson, RedLegNation.com is with us. Last question for you, Chad. Uh, and we talked about Nick Senzel a little bit. Um, your, your thoughts on the news? He, I guess he had bone spurs in his non-throwing elbow just one of, of many little nicks and knacks and, and injuries and issues that the Reds' top prospect is having are you concerned at all with with these little injuries and things that if he procedures he's had to go through? Not really. I mean, I'm still more concerned about the fact that he's uh, missed some time a couple times with vertigo than I am over these other things. A lot of players have some bone spurs removed. It's a simple procedure. It's it's, it's relatively minor. The, uh, the the broken finger that was a, a fluke play. Ball bounced up and, and caught him. So I'm not really that concerned about those. I wish the Reds had gotten this uh, surgery out of the way. You know, back in uh, July when he was uh, out for the season and getting the surgery on his finger because that way he could maybe play some outfield in the Arizona Fall League. But ultimately, it's fairly minor. Um, better news about Senzel is they said he's been working out in left field and center field, and, and the Reds said they expect that he can uh, handle center field. And if that's the case, he's starting in center field for me uh, in 2019 for the Cincinnati Reds. And then you have a great-looking offense. Yeah, that would be... I love it. I love that idea. And, and then you, you do that, and now all your weaknesses are gone. And last question for you, what do you do with Billy Hamilton then? Is he just your fourth outfielder? Do you keep him around? Do you trade him? Well, I mean, I think uh, it's going to all depend on how much he's going to cost. He's in the final year of arbitration. I don't know if you're going to get much for him in trade. If the Reds are willing to pay him what he's likely to earn, I love the idea of having Billy Hamilton uh, playing uh, as your fourth outfielder, a uh, late-inning defensive replacement, a pinch runner. I mean, yeah, imagine in the wild-card game next year, in the se- seventh inning, you put him into pinch run, and he steals second, and, uh, you know, goes to a third on a wild pitch or, or on a ground out, and then uh, comes home on a short fly ball and, and gives you the lead, and then he goes and plays center field for the last two innings and, and makes a diving catch in the gap to save the game. Now, you, you can utilize his strengths better, I think, as a fourth outfielder, and man, it minimizes bats. And I think he could be a dynamite fourth outfielder for a good team, which is what we're hoping the Reds are going to be sometime soon. Right. So I hang on to him, but again, it's not my money. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. We're hoping. I just, I, I'm so negative right now. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> no, I know, so, I feel you, man. Hopefully, they bring in a you know a Dallas Keiko or someone like that, and 
uh, a manager that people like, and they can start to turn the tide here a little bit because it is it's much more fun to talk about a winner than a loser. What's uh, what can our listeners find at, at uh, RedLegNation.com? Oh, right now talking about the manager search mostly, and a couple of good pieces about uh, some of the things I've been talking about. My buddy Steve Mancuso over there has written a piece about David Bell uh, and about why his uh, quotes are enlightening and encouraging, and then then also a piece about um, how this managerial search. <laughs> Why there may be reason for concern in that look at the guys that are still standing, the managers that are still managing the playoffs, and and each of those organizations gives sort of a singular vision to the the manager on the field, whereas the Reds got have like you know who knows how many different people calling the shots with the ownership of meddling as it is. So that one's maybe a little uh, less encouraging, but uh, got some good stuff about the managers at Red Leg Nation right now. He's Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com, contributor to Cincinnati Magazine as well. Give him a follow on Twitter, at DotsonC. Chad, I enjoy this conversation. Hopefully we can uh, do it again soon. Hopefully they just listen to this, hire you as manager, um, and then I'll have uh, the inside track to, to get in all the, the dirt from the Reds manager, Chad Dotson. What do you think? Well, I think we may have way more things to worry about if they were to actually name me manager, because I'm sure I would screw it up. But, uh, but bring it on. I'll give it a try. Sounds good, Chad. I appreciate the time, man. Anytime. Love to talk to you, James. Good stuff there from Chad Dotson, redlegnation.com. That uh, is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening, as always, to the Locked On Reds podcast. I know it's been a little inconsistent, but with the offseason, we'll we'll get them when we can get them. Uh, Just so you know, a reminder, subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, every podcast posted at LockedOnReds.com. Have a great week, uh, great weekend. When the Reds make their manager decision, I think it'll be next week, by the way. When they make that call, when they hire him, this is your one-stop shop for all things Reds. Until then, I'm James Erpine. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.